Hi, we're the Fancy Football Fanatics. My name is Duncan and this week I'm joined by Matt in London and Gary in Santiago. Uh, welcome guys. Um, apologies again that we've missed a, a couple of pods recently, but we are we are back to talk FPL. If you can still stomach it, it is a tricky season to be playing FPL, that's for sure. Testing times. Um, instead of football moments this week, because <laughs> it was tricky to find one, um, Matt, what did you think of the protests at your team, Man United's ground? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's extraordinary times we're living in. The uh, the, the European Super League has been quite uh, quite the talking point on, on well, basically everything I listen to at the moment. Uh, and so, I I don't know. This season, I've been disillusioned with football just a little bit generally with the lack of fans. It does take something away. Um, and the Super League, I decided, essentially, if, if Manu were going to leave, then I wasn't going to support them anymore and join the European Super League. Um, and so part of me is really sort of, I'd say angry with the Glazers, but like just, I guess it just brought it home, the fact of who they are and what they've turned Manu into. Um, and so hearing the fans' protest was quite, quite pleasing initially. Um, hearing that some of them were violent and like beat up cops and terrified stewards is a bit more um, unedifying but um, I, what I sort of hope really is that it gets followed, followed up the, the, I think what needs to be harder is the fans doing a bit more of a political movement to to really push like the Tracy Crouch review and um, politicians into like action that can just well theoretically start to just rein the billionaire owners in but um, I don't hold too much hope out for that but it was it was it was pleasing to see, in my opinion, um, sort of protests making the news and and trying to uh, trying to change things. Even if the slightly cynical part of me is a bit disillusioned of Man U fandom at the moment, um, thinking, oh well, maybe I'll maybe I'll become a really hard, hardcore again when once we start um, yeah start having fans back in. But in the meantime, at the moment, it's I, I concentrate more on FPL these days. That's just a sign of how it's gone. Is it is it FC Manchester? Is that the FC United? FC United, great name. So, did have you by any chance googled their league position just as your <laughs> your backup team? Maybe. I mean, uh, um, so what, what I have been watching a lot of live football recently. It's my uh, my Saturday team, so I'm often on the bench, uh, and so I get to watch my my team play. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we're, we're second in the league. We're doing really well, so that's been entertaining and. Uh, to be honest, I don't know. It feels slightly more real at the moment. Uh, that's that's more entertaining than some of the uh, empty stadiums and and games. So, yeah, may, maybe I'll go a bit more non-league and FC United um, when I when I get would, a chance. Would, would it be FC United or would it be Salford City? Because they've got that class of '92 link. Which, which would you which would you prefer? Well, if I'm a, if I'm against like uh, millionaire owners uh, and stuff, then I think the, the yeah Salford City. That's like a I think it's like a really multi-millionaire and the class of 92 that own it. So they're not quite so, uh, yeah, fan-owned as, as you'd like to think. I did like all the stuff that I saw from the Man United protest, especially about the 50-plus run, all the banners for that. That would be, yeah, I would be really keen if, if it gets pushed in that direction. Yeah, no, I would be. I, I'd, I'd find it fantastic if the European Super League project was such a disaster on the billionaires that what actually got implemented was like something that massively devalued their assets and and gave fans a lot more power um 50 plus one would be great but 
Uh, it seems a long way to go to get there, doesn't it? But, but I think protests like yesterday are quite important for, for just showing that, keeping it live, keeping it, keeping it as a big issue. And voting with your feet as well, not turning up. Yeah. Well, given I don't have a season ticket, that's something I will be doing next season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I guess I kind of feel a point about, yeah, I think sometimes, yeah, maybe the game has just got a bit too big. Like for me, it seemed like I'd probably like football more if, if the Super League did come in, it would just leave me to follow the, the, British, the English Premier League or Division One, if it went back to a retro-style rebrand a bit, a bit more, because I don't know. There's there's talk about this relentless need to try and commercialise football and make it bigger, and it's how much bigger can football get? Everyone, everyone likes football already, and it's like, oh, there's some there's some teenagers these days. They 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 don't have a short attention span. We need to change the game to attract it to them, and it's like, no, you don't. It's it's really is it like what other market is there left? It doesn't need to keep relentlessly trying to get bigger. It's big enough. Yeah, it's doing well. It's doing all right for itself. Yeah. And it's nice that there's lots of clubs, right, with different different ways of playing and different star players. So I think that variety is more interesting than having super Galactico teams just facing off against each other. I mean, for me, as it's a dim and distant past when, when Sheffield Wednesday were in the Premier League. But if you look back over the last decade of the Premier League, I'd say the, the two seasons that stick out in my mind were the, the one where Man City won it in the last minute. And I know they were backed by billionaires, but then even more so was the, the season that Leicester won. And it was the fact that it was a new team kind of challenging the status quo. And these players like um, Vardy and Mares and Kante weren't, weren't actually that famous going into the season. And that, I was getting more excited about that season than I have been kind of at any time in the last 10 years. So that's something that should be encouraged, definitely. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, and the fact, the fact that Leicester have, have consolidated and are now threatening to kick Tottenham and Arsenal and one or two others out of the Champions League permanently that's only a good thing we need this competition and it, we, we need to, as i say this 50 plus one hopefully if we can level the playing field a bit more then then that would be great from from the super league to the podcast league um i think matt you're probably top of the pile with the scores this week for fpl uh, how how, <laughs> how do you feel about I your mean, score i mean i don't feel like it's been a strong week <laughs> to say that I'm top of the pile, and I think uh, I think Gary might have a, a, a ace up his sleeve on his second bench uh, fodder of James Ward. Strategically placed. Uh, <laughs> so what I'm currently well, we're currently recording whilst um, Burnley are facing West Ham, so I need a Matej Vidra uh, sort of brace or something to uh, to lift me up because. I started the game week 10, 10 points behind Gary, so we've got a bit of a challenge on to the end of the season to, 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 to finish. But, um, yeah, where did it go right for me? Uh, well, it didn't go right with most of the, obviously, the Man U and Liverpool assets, and I've got four of them. Um, holding annoyingly didn't play either, um, which would have helped off my bench. But uh, Son, with 12 points, was very handy. Uh, I captained Kane, which... Obviously, didn't do anything, which is a bit a bit annoying given they won so handsomely. Um, and Christensen came in for me, so I, I, I've sort of I picked Christensen and instead of Rudiger, sort of flipped a coin on that. And uh, last few weeks, I think most of you guys have got Rudiger, and he's been doing much better. But 
but this week Christensen came home with uh, two bonus points and a clean sheet. So that was that was really nice to see. Um, so, yeah. So not 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 is obviously not brilliant. I mean, don't have a, don't even have eleven eleven players this week. But uh, I guess better than yourself, Duncan. So that's that's something. To for. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you've actually got uh, a score that you might have got if you had eleven players. So you're on what like thirty six points at the moment, maybe going up to thirty seven. Cut. So that you know you could get that with a, a bad game week with eleven players. That's not that bad considering you're missing what. Uh, five, six. You also um a little bit jammy. Some of uh, the listeners might also have Tyrick Mitchell coming in for a massive one pointer, which sounds like <laughs> not a lot, but when when you're missing that many players, it's not that bad. And talk us through your transfer. Sigurdsson came in this week. Who did you come in for? Yeah, so Sigurdsson in this week. Um, so I. I've been fed up with Jota. He, he has not been performing for Liverpool. Um, and uh, essentially, uh, Sigurdsson, he, he sort of quite hit and miss. But what I quite liked uh, was my team is now assembling a bunch of penalty takers. So I've now got Sigurdsson, Fernandez, Salah and Kane all take penalties. I'm not even sure who takes penalties. Oh, it'd be Vardy, wouldn't it, for Leicester? So I don't have them lot. Um, but yeah, uh, I thought... Everton have an extra fixture between now and the end of the season. It just seemed a bit of a bit of a wild card choice, and they've got a few good games. Um, it obviously didn't, well. I say it didn't come off this week. It's two more points I would have got if I hadn't if I just left it as Jota. Um, but yeah, I thought he was a, a bit of an interesting one to go for. I think and, also Lingard is currently on penalties for West Ham if if Mark Noble's not on the pitch as well. So you might have a fifth penalty taker in your team. Oh well. Fingers crossed. Uh, I just actually, I was watching the uh, the football at the moment, and Chris Wood is taking a penalty as we talk about penalty takers. Ah, serendipity. Yeah. Um, Gary, how was your game week? So I guess the kind of battle between you and Matt is what's really happening in our in our little mini league between the podcasters. I, I think Ben's possibly out of touch for me, but it's who can get that third spot or potentially catch me as well, Gary. Yeah, well, we've still got our sights set on you, Duncan. Don't, oh, be, too, uh, don't be too complacent. <laughs> uh, so, so I, yeah, I think uh, depending on what Vidra does this week, I'm probably going to gain a couple of points on Matt. Um, I, I think I'm on for 39 points at the moment. It depends how Lingard does the rest of today. Um, but, I mean, it was real amateur hour. I, I completely uh, forgot it was a Friday um, game week, so I, I, I was too late to make any transfers. <laughs> panically uh, checked my team I had Salah as captain which I would not have had for um, Man United away um, so but but then it turns out that the game's been cancelled anyway um, what I do have is uh, Duncan Watkins both got eight points and yeah second on my bench was James Ward-Prowse so um, he's going to He's going to come in with ten points and um, kind of save my game week. So, um, so yeah, I'm. I think I'm doing okay because I also I used my wild card a couple of weeks ago and I kind of stacked my team with a few Everton and a few Villa because um, I knew that they had a good double game week coming up. Um, so I think I think strategically I'm in quite a good position for the for the double game week. Who do you trying to be honest about it? Who do you think you would have captained? If you noticed your team, I, I, prob I probably would have done a transfer and transferred in a captain because I, I, it's really hard to say. I, I, 
I mean, yeah, I, 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 I'm, pre I'm pretty sure with hindsight, I wouldn't have gone with James Ward-Prowse as <laughs> against Leicester. Uh, but yeah, I honestly don't know who I would have picked. I mean, no, no one would have come off that well this week, would they? Uh, I mean, so so my vice captain is Richarlison, who who maybe had a gone with Richarlison. I don't know. Is it? He only got two points um, away at Villa, uh, no, at home to Villa. So yeah, he might have actually been the one. So 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 he's going to double up to four. So but yeah, at least at least you you didn't make a transfer, so you've got two going into the double game week next week. So in some ways, that's worked out pretty well for you. <laughs> Yeah, although I'm looking at my team now and I've, I've almost got a full team of double game weekers already. So it's, it's, wow. quite, it's quite tricky to know what to do. Um, I could just try and get better double game weekers, I guess. Well, that's going to be one of our, our talking points. So we can chat that through um, after we talk about my terrible score. So I think I'm on 29 I'm pretty sure it's going to go up to 30 if Lingard makes it to 60 minutes. Who knows if he'll score some points for me more than that. So considering that I'm missing uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight players, a score of 30 points, I mean, that's not too bad considering I, I also didn't captain Kane and I think I really really dodged a massive, massive red arrow there. I put the captaincy on Vardy, which I've learned. We've also got two points. We've yeah. also got two points. Um, but dodge, dodge that two points. Well, no, I mean, like, I mean, if Kane had scored a goal, and then just looking at our, oh, our I league, see. Yeah. everyone had captain Kane pretty much, apart from Gary. Um, yeah, so considering... I. I'm only captaining Vardy because I know Ben, who I'm chasing at the top of our league, doesn't have Vardy. And that's the only way that I feel I can really bridge the gap between us. I'm captaining a guy that I don't think is going to do very well and didn't do very well. And I expect Kane to do well, but I kind of feel that was my only choice. Um, but I think that's probably the end of that strategy now, because like Gary said, uh, I need to start looking behind me rather than ahead of me. I think Son getting the 12 points is good but ownership's pretty high so my transfer this week was um i i had holding um on my bench and i was pretty sure that he wasn't going to play um and that masuaku who was injured kind of has been kind of on and off injured since i brought him in um wasn't going to play as well and i'm not even sure when he's going to come back because david Moyes is being pretty vague about injury news at the moment so I looked at Everton's fixtures for the double and a few games after that, Sheffield United at home, Wolves at home, and didn't have much money in the bank from Masuaku, so I could only afford to bring in Mason Holgate, who uh, promptly gave the ball away to Ollie Watkins in the opening few minutes of their game, looked awful, and I'm sure he's probably going to get dropped for the double game week, but um, like Gary said, I'm pretty... Well stocked, just like Gary is for the double game week. So he may even just sit on my bench. We'll have to see. Um, but yeah, what a terrible game week, eh? And what a, a little kind of microcosm this season in a nutshell, potentially for FPL. Um, let's have a look ahead to hopefully a happier game week. Game week 35, double game week coming up. Um, Matt, how are you set up for the double game week? Um, so I think 
in common with many, uh, I've got a lot of double game weekers. Um, so uh, having bought in, say, Sigurdsson, added another double game weaker to, to my to my array. Uh, I've got that sort of question mark of do I play Tarek Mitchell or, or Holding, and because they've got two two games and and hope that they play, but I think I might just leave them on my bench uh, at the moment. Wow, um, you're going to leave both of them on your bench? You've got that many double game week players? No, no, I just don't think they'll play a two both games. So I don't think they actually count as a double game week player. Mm. Um, but I, my, well, I've got I've got a week to Amanar about it, but that's my 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 initial thinking. Um, and uh, at, at, yeah. At the moment, I just sort of maybe load up a couple. I might might take a don't know, take a hit this week, load up on just a couple more, um, and then see how we go. I've got to maybe try and predict what Gary might do, which is a a difficult art. But yeah, Gary, what are you planning to do? <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> and if I did, I wouldn't tell you. No, I. Um, I so I I could actually put out ten good double game weeks if I want, but then. Yeah, it's at the moment it's whether I want to keep players like Salah and Alexander Arnold. So they've got a home game against Southampton. So that's probably a good fixture. I also have a couple of my double game weekers, James Rodriguez and Rudiger are yellow flag at the moment. So I might just need to switch my double game weekers for slightly different double game weekers. I I don't know. Wow, what a choice to have. That's not bad. Um I don't know if you guys have seen, but um, on Ben Krellin's spreadsheet that he keeps of, you know, his his kind of matrix of where fixtures are being moved to and double game weeks and blanks and stuff like that. Um, I checked it the other day and he's taking part in the social media boycott, but his spreadsheet is still online on, on Google. Um, and he said that if the Man United um, Liverpool fixture doesn't happen in 34, as I think it was at the time that he was updating it, it was looking like it was going to be postponed. He was saying that uh, that is going to give Liverpool a double game week, potentially in game week 35, um, and West Bromwich Albion as well. So Liverpool would have a potential double of Southampton at home, West Brom away, which is clearly, I, I would say, I would argue the best double of any of the teams I mean, I know Crystal Palace have got Sheffield United away and Southampton away, but it is Crystal Palace. So it looks that potentially that Liverpool could have the best double game week having not had a game week before. And then in game week 36, they wouldn't blank. They would play Man United in that rearranged fixture. And the same would be the case for Man United. Man United wouldn't blank in 36. They would play Liverpool at home. Okay, and so the blank game week then wouldn't be such a big deal anymore. It would just be Arsenal, Chelsea, Leicester and West Brom. Yeah. So probably changes captaincy decisions. If you don't have Salah, then maybe he's someone to prioritise. Yeah, Yeah. I'm definitely going to hang on until Friday to see what the fixtures are, as late as possible to see what the fixtures are going to be. so I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend any trigger figure uh, trigger finger transfers. It's, it's good job Andy isn't on the podcast right now. <laughs> Transferred already. <laughs> it's probably already made that eight point hit. Um, yeah, but I guess a lot of the questions around game week thirty five 
are also related to the blanks in 36 because I think a lot of the transfers that I had, I had to consider was I bringing in players who were going to then blank in 36 and what did my team look like for 36? But this make, should make it a bit easier for people. Still, unfortunately, not that much easier for me because I don't have any Man United and I have two Leicester players, an Arsenal player and a Chelsea player. So I still have maybe hits to take in 36. But um, yeah. Yeah, it definitely makes it more interesting because I always think, yeah, it's a bit of a depressing sort of... a transfer window is what transfer you considering if it's only Aston Villa and Everton players that you think are really viable because um, I don't fancy Palace at all and Southampton also seem to be a little bit on the beach at the moment um, and so other than James Ward-Prowse so maybe I could just get James Ward-Prowse and, and match Gary uh, but yeah it wasn't the most inspiring of uh, transfer options so if, if Liverpool and Man U suddenly are, are there then that, get, that really opens it up a bit doesn't it definitely yeah so what do you think of these, if I run through the fixtures or and some of the potential fixtures for Liverpool and West Brom, what, let me know if you guys can rate them and if you do, who you think you'd be keen on. So sorting by Fantasy Football Scout season ticker with who the team that has the best fixtures, I'm going to go with Liverpool first, Southampton at home, West Brom away. Is it a classic case of Trent, Salah, Who's who's number three? If you could have a number three at the moment, I mean, I'd, I'd give a word of warning on Liverpool first because they they've not been very good lately. So there's certainly not the surefire thing that they were before. I, I kind of wonder if Allardyce he'll still be desperately trying to get up points to try and. And I know West Brom are all but down, but they'll still have a maybe a last glance, last gasp chance of staying up. So I could see. I could see West Ham causing uh, West Brom causing Liverpool problems, um, but yeah, I guess I guess the defense would be quite an attractive option if uh, if you thought that they were going to keep some clean sheets. Uh, you got Robertson maybe for seven million, seven point one million, um, or if you really wanted to go punty, then I guess someone like Kabak is five million. Is he's going to play? He's been playing quite a lot recently. Yeah, it's not a bad shout because Southampton are going to be missing Danny Ings, so they're not going to be as sharp up front, you'd think. Um, such a shame that Phillips hasn't been playing at the back for Liverpool recently, the 4.1 defender, because that would be a lovely switch from any of your cheap Mitchells or someone like that. What about uh, Crystal Palace? I mean, they are quite far down the league, but they do have... Sheffield United and Southampton in a double. And is this the time of the season when Lewis Sarth needs to put himself in a shop window? Yeah, that's the thing I was going to say. That it, it, The one player I'd be tempted by from Palace would be Zaha because of that. Once he put himself in the shop window, he, he is talented. He did get a goal. Um, and so there's always a chance there of Zaha. Like, certainly if you want to be differential uh, between now and the end of the season, say you want to catch someone who's 10 points ahead of you in the Super League, then um, in your mini-league, then uh, he might be a good one to go for. But I, I still think, I still remember Palace this time last year when they also were about where they are this now. And they just complete, they lost every single game. They were really, really bad. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, I, I'm not that tempted by Palace at all. But, but Zaha would be the one for me. 
I just throw in uh, Patrick Van Aanholt as well. He he always seems to kind of come alive at the end of the season when teams are about to get relegated, and he kind of tends to be the one that, that like sort of chips in with a few points at the end. Um, but but yeah. has his has his contract been signed though? Because I, I think it was running out at the end of the season. I'm not sure if it's if he signed a new one because they dropped they dropped him for the Man City game for Mitchell. And I'm assuming uh, I'm assuming that's because Mitchell's more defensive and Van Aanholt's less of a defender. But part of me worried that that was part of prepping for next season as well. Possibly. I mean, the only other Palace player is, is Eze, uh, who I think is a really good player. Uh, in a more attacking team, he'd be a really good fantasy football player. Um, but yeah, it would be a punt. Okay. Southampton, so they've got Liverpool away and Crystal Palace at home. I mean, pff, tricky. I, I feel like we're going to say that about a lot of these fixtures. Um, that's why potentially Liverpool having a nice one is a bit of a bonus. But do you see anyone from Southampton? You've got your your eye on Ward Prowse, I'm guessing, Gary. Well, yeah, I've got, I've got Ward Prowse. I mean, I mean, I think he's a he's a classic fantasy football player, isn't it? Because he's he's so good on free kicks. He's got penalties now. Um, he puts great crosses in. So eight goals and six assists so far this season uh, for a five point eight million midfielder. That's a great return. And he's still uh, only so, nine, still only nine percent owned as well. Yeah, I th- I think the one the one thing about having a free kick specialist is like. Certain players, like someone like Salah, you know he's going to score at home. You can almost like put your mortgage on him every home game. You can guarantee him. Whereas the, the set-piece specialists, they tend to be a bit more random. They're like, they, you can't really predict when they, the, the free kick around the box is going to go in. So he scored uh, against Manchester United and Manchester City this season. So you wouldn't necessarily, and Leicester, so all of the top three he scored against. You wouldn't necessarily put him in your team for those games. Um, whereas there's lots of kind of bland games against um, lesser teams. Like uh, I'm just looking at how he's done. Yeah, West Brom, he got a um, a three and a minus one against West Brom. So so he's he's not he's not the easiest to predict. Is the problem? What what do you reckon, Matt? Any from Southampton for you? Um, well, because he's fresh in my mind, James Ward Price does stand out, but. Um... Yeah, I was. I, I I have Forster in my team, who's a bit bit of an annoying troll for those that were wild card at the same time as me, because he suddenly went from being first team to not being first team. So, uh, if if he had spare transfers, then maybe uh, someone like a, a a McCarthy or a cheap defender uh, might just fill the ranks um, to 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 get you through, um, get get a few points here and there, if you if you're really backing them, but. Um, I think they're another team that not really playing for anything, and so that's always for me a bit of a warning signs that uh, they might not turn up at all. Okay, next up it's Arsenal with West Brom at home. That's pretty juicy, although it is Allardyce against Arsenal, which is not always work out as you expect. And then Chelsea away a bit tougher. My my shout from this potentially, if you're chasing, is Abamyang, because I don't think many people are going to be going there. Who knows if he's going to start in the Europa League semi-final on Thursday? You know, is he back in Arteta's good books? Is there something going on there? Um, he scored and got an assist against Newcastle. Um, 
I mean, it's a punt because we play the second leg, which we have to go all in for this Thursday. And then our first game in the double game week is Sunday um, at home where there's nothing really riding on that fixture at all. It could be very much a case of maybe we've gone to extra time. Um, but yeah, I, you can you can see who plays in that that semi-final, see how it, see how the team plays, see how long the game goes on for. And if Bamiyang doesn't feature much, then he would be a, a really good fix, a good differential for me, I think. I mean, it's expensive differential, isn't it? Though that's the thing. Yeah, but I mean, if you're chasing, uh, I'm guessing it's the kind of time of the season when maybe you do away with your Fernandez, whose fixtures aren't incredible uh, until, well, especially over the next few game weeks, and you go with something different for a little bit. Mm. Sometimes you just have to take a bit of a punt at this stage of the season. You don't really have a choice because if you stick with the same players that your rivals have, you're not going to catch them. And this is why you won it last year and I did not. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I mean, I'm going to bomb this season with Vardy. <laughs> I think there's, there's flashing danger signs against all the Arsenal players. They all tend to flatter to deceive. Um, mm-hmm. I'll pick out one again. If you, if you, if you fancy a gamble, a differential uh, is Martinelli. Yeah. Because uh, he's a midfielder, very cheap, but he actually plays very a very attacking player. And it seems like he is kind of coming in for the games, like the easier games. So in the last four games, these last five games, he was rested for Liverpool and Everton, but he played against Sheffield United, Fulham and Newcastle. He played nearly all the games. So if that continues, he looks like he might play against West Brom while they're resting a few of the players. So so he might be the one to to bag a couple of goals. I really like that pick because... He played 90 minutes against Newcastle, so that would suggest, like you say, he's not going to feature on Thursday, and he is the Premier League man. Um, and he's brilliant, isn't he? When he's on form, he is such a talent and can get goals against, especially teams lower down in the league, which Arsenal have a few of coming up. Okay, so that's... Guess, well, so my, my final question of, uh, yeah, gambles, but I'm not sure if it's a decent gamble, but so I mm-hmm. defer to the Arsenal fan, is, is Pepe a decent shout? just because of his skill levels and you never know? I would say not because I think he's pretty favoured by Arteta at the moment. So I think he's going to feature on Thursday. I think, yeah. I mean, if he doesn't, then yeah, get him in. But, um, well, <laughs> he's more, he's better to get in if he doesn't feature, but I think he will feature. He only got 12, 12 minutes against Newcastle. And even then, I mean, he's not, not great. I've still got memories of when you went rogue, Matt, and just brought Pepe in out of nowhere. Oh, God, yeah. I got rid of him the, the next week. Was that this season? I've not had a great season, but so it could have been. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might have been last season when he was much more expensive. And yeah. A bit, a bit more unknown. Yeah. I think it's one of those where he, he sometimes looks good on a highlights package, doesn't he? Or Pepe. Definitely, think yeah. Now he's going to break into the big time. He just needed time to settle. I think it was last season. That was my thinking at the time. Uh, next up, it's Leicester with Newcastle at home, Man United away. And I guess Inacho is a potential for captaincy, captaincy discussion with the form that he's on. He even picked up an assist in the last game week. So um, he could do quite a lot against 
at least Newcastle at home, I would say. And he's going to play both, isn't it? The FA Cup final's quite far off, isn't it? Yeah, I think he's a really good shout, Ian Acho. I think he might be, if I wasn't a Man U fan, uh, I, say, I say a Man U fan, sort of Man U fan at the moment, because uh, <laughs> uh, I've got it on Fernandez at the moment, uh, but more out of loyalty than, than belief. Uh, Ian Acho is the guy on form and scoring very regularly, so I think he's a very good, good captaincy shout. Anyone else you go for from Leicester, Gary? I mean, I was just doing a bit of mental arithmetic. It's 73 points in eight game weeks, Nacho, which is incredible form. Wow. Um, I'd look at their defence. I mean, any team that's got about to play Newcastle, then you kind of think, right, what defenders look good? Um, so I think uh, Fafana is a very good player. I, I see a, he only played 45 minutes against Southampton, but for five million, you'd get a very solid centre-back who... Potentially, you get a clean sheet against Newcastle, and then if if Leicester play well against Manchester United, like and they manage to get a clean sheet, then the bonus points would be going to a defender, I think, because they'd probably be having to do a lot of defending. Um, looks like Soyuncu's back in the team, so again, about five point three. Um, so so yeah, could go for one of their centre backs just as a kind of a low ownership um, kind of gamble. Or if you had a little bit more money, then Castagne is obviously the, the fullback who's who's had a few uh, assists this season, a couple of goals. So um, what about but, the but, goal yeah. goal hero Johnny Evans if he recovers from his his injury? Yeah, I guess you just have to wait on the team news because yeah, he's he's got uh, thirty points in the last three games, which is incredible. Um, yeah, I always like Johnny Evans, uh, but. Yeah, I, I think just wait until the team news comes out for, for that one. But if not, um, and I think Fafana's been playing pretty regularly. So the problem, I guess Fafana is, um, is, is, has Ramadan at the moment. So I think he has been substituted early on a couple of occasions. And I think Ramadan is going to be continuing all the way through the double game week. So... That would be one of my concerns. Although, if he does come off like he did in game week 32 with a clean sheet um, after 61 minutes, that's not bad. Uh, that's that's an intense level of scouting you've got there, Duncan. I must admit, I didn't go deep into his diet and what was going on. I believe there's a loophole for Ramadan to say that if you're going to war... You're allowed to eat and drink. And the, the Pakistan cricket team always used to kind of in, invoke this loophole to, to make sure that they could still uh, still drink and take on, take on board some fluids. Um, he, he should probably look into... Uh, I'm not sure. No, Newcastle at home doesn't qualify, I don't think. <laughs> it's the opposite. Man United away, though. If those fans <laughs> turn up again, it could be a battle zone. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> um, next up, it's Man United. Um Gary, I'm going to go to you first for an unbiased uh, view on Man United. Aston Villa away, Leicester at home. It's not, it's not amazing, is it? I mean, they, they're, I guess they're kind of safe in the Champions League race, so they're probably a bit. Well, they know they can't win the league, so this is the kind of the stage where Man United will get a bit dangerous for rotation as well. Um, but I kind of feel like Villa are running out of steam, so that's not a terrible fixture to have. And Leicester obviously will be a bit of a shootout, and Leicester a very dangerous counter-attacking team. Um, but 
I think the usual suspects for Manu, um, Fernandez, Rashford, um, yeah, and maybe Shaw, like they're the kind of the ones that you'd be looking at. I guess Matt, it, you have the the hangover from Thursday night, or do you? Is there well, going to be a hangover? Or are you going to rest in rest against Roma because they need five goals and then play the first team in the double game week? Yeah, well, Solskjaer isn't one to do much rotation, as Donny van der Beek has found out this season. Um, so I, I expect we'll probably play our first team because it is the most important game still. Um, but having said that, I think that means that we'll play, a lot of those players will play again at the weekend because I don't think they'll have to like run run themselves ragged. Fernandes plays almost every single minute. Um, the two extra players I'd add to the list is Greenwood is on really good form. He's uh, he spent most of the season not playing very well, but suddenly he seems to be finding his range again. Um, and so, uh, I was looking at the form table. He's got like eight point one at the moment in form, um, which is which is pretty good. Um, and it's seven point one million for midfield. That's 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 quite quite a good price. Um, and then Cavani up top, um, seven point nine million striker. Um, he seems to be finding the goals again, both in Europe and and in the league. Um, and there's rumours that he, he might be off at the end of the season, so this could be the last time we see him in the Premier League. So I think now he's fit and firing. Um, I think he might be, even if Man U aren't necessarily played for too much, he's one of those strikers that's like just so hungry for goals that he might really put a shift in. Next up, it's Everton, who I was interested in. The reason I targeted their defence, not so much the next two in the double game week, West Ham away, Aston Villa away. It was more the fact they had a double. They play in 36 and in 36 and 37, it's two nice home fixtures, Sheffield United and Wolves at home. What do you reckon to their double game week uh, fixtures and would you target their players, Gary? Um, so West Ham away, Aston Villa away. It's tricky, isn't it? I, I think I think they're the kind of games that are probably going to finish like one-one or two-one, and I so I'm I'm a bit reluctant. I kind of got burnt earlier in the season going for a Everton defender, and they they kind of flatter to deceive. I brought Keane in for a bit, and they they don't they they had a very good run of clean sheets at one point in the season, but I've I've kind of steer clear of their defence. So that's why I. I went for I went for Rodriguez and for Richarlison because I, I was definitely looking at Everton players and I think they, along with Calvert Lewin, are the obvious ones. I, I kind of just tossed a coin between Richarlison and Calvert Lewin and went for went for Richarlison just because I thought a lot of people have Calvert Lewin. But yeah, they're the ones to watch. I think. What do you reckon to Luca Dean, Matt? Do you think he's a fair enough shout or is he just too expensive with those fixtures? So I've gone with Luca Dean a couple of times this season because he's quite good. Um, he's, he's sort of like fantasy legend, isn't he? He's, in previous years, he's been really good for for getting those assists. And across the years, look at it, he's got nine assists this season, but never he's been in my team. Um, yeah, he seems to have just spaced him out quite quite randomly. So I think he could be really good, but um, I've been burnt one or two many times by him. So I, I'm I'm staying clear. I think. Unfortunately, looking at Holgate in my team, I'm starting to agree with you guys. Um, Villa up next. Really tough, I would say. Man United at home, Everton at home. Um, but still, I mean, we, I mean, 
Yeah, Gary, you go. I think we've got him already, but when when you see see Villa with tough fixtures, you just think of Martinez, don't you? So um, he's he's the forty like percent ownership. I think everybody's everybody's probably got him already, but he he's the one that that stands out. I, I should mention Ollie Watkins as well. I brought Watkins in. I think he's a really good player, as you can see by his recent England call up, and he's got three goals in his last five. So um, yeah, he's a he's a good one to have as well. He definitely feels like he's the one keeping Villa going attacking-wise without Grealish. Responsibility's kind of fallen on him and he's risen to it. Him and, I have to say, one of my favourites is El Ghazi. Um, Doesn't pass to his teammates often, but he definitely likes to shoot, doesn't he? Great for FPL. Is he their penalty taker as well? Did he take one recently? Yeah, he, he is their penalty taker when he's on the pitch. And I think... Oh, I can't remember who who uh, trumps him for penalties, but I think someone, if he's on the pitch, trumps him. There is also talk from uh, Dean Smith that uh, Grealish is going to be back for the Man United fixture. And I know that that is pretty up in the air because he's been pretty unclear about how long that injury is going to last. But I have heard that he, he is going to be making a return. So keep an eye on the team news for that. Can, can I just give a shout out to Jaden Philogene Bidace as well, uh, just because he's got a really good name. I, I've never heard of him, but noticed him on the game, and he seems to be wearing an unsponsored Villa shirt on his uh, on his team photo. So uh, yeah, hopefully he'll get some minutes. Four point four million. But yeah, worth a punt. Worth a punt for the name alone, definitely. Um, Matt, anyone from Villa, or should we move on? Um, Carney Chukwumeka. Is uh, also quite a good name. Okay. Yep. I mean, I mean looking at his profile photo, he's just a shirt. He doesn't even have arms or legs. Based so, on uh, some of your transfers this this season, Matt, I, I mean, I wouldn't put it past you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 100k in the world, I have you know. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Uh, Chelsea, um, great team, great form, but it's Man City away, and then the mighty Arsenal at home. Um, what do you think of that, Matt? Um, yep, yeah, so Chelsea have been really good assets in recent weeks, um, particularly their defence. Uh, the only problems being that it rotates a bit. So, you, especially a double game week, you, you're really hoping that you get a guy who plays both games. But um, even if you've got their goalkeeper, sometimes he's not going to play both games at the moment. But um, I think uh, we, we talked about it earlier, but Rudig's been really good until he got himself injured. Really good price. I've got Christensen at the same price, 4.7 and he um he got myself two two bonus as well as the clean sheet, which is really nice to see. Um, you can go for the the wing backs and have the, the chance of attacking the assets well with with Chilwell, James. Um, but you you're never quite sure if they're going to play from week to week. Um, and the other one that's uh, been popular in recent weeks and I'm still tempted by is Mason Mount because um, he's quite a good price. He seems to be like their mainstay, so about the most fixture proof you can get. Um, well, so no, rotation proof you can get, um, but uh, yeah, the I think Chelsea are pretty good, pretty good picks because they've got something to play for. They, they've got to try and get themselves that uh, Champions League place. I, for for me, for Chelsea, it kind of comes down to that fixtures versus form thing. They had such nice fixtures for so long. I feel like now is possibly the end of that good fixture run. Man City away. Arsenal, then a blank, then Leicester, then Villa. And that's the end of the season for them. So for me, it's 
whether you stick with those players who've done well, especially defensively, and the cheap ones, and you say, okay, even though the fixtures aren't brilliant, they're cheap and their defence is rock solid. So even if I bench them and they come on or something like that, it's not bad. What do you think, Gary? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think at this stage of the season, you're looking for teams with something to play for. So um, away at Man City in game week 35 isn't as tough a fixture as it is in game week 15. So you could stick with Chelsea and get, get by, I, th- I think. Um, so I wouldn't completely look at the fixtures at this stage. I'd look at who needs, who needs the Champions League points. Do you think Kai Havertz, I, I mean, he strikes me as a very Gary pick. Do you think he's, <laughs> well, he's, I was just gonna, he's someone? I was just going to say, because I think the last time I did the pod, uh, it was just before the West Brom game. And I was saying, you've got to bring in Kai Havertz. I mean, I didn't, but I, <laughs> you've got to bring in Kai Havertz. And he, got, he only got one point. He only came on for 18 minutes. But then he's got two double-figure hauls in the four games after that uh, so out of nowhere suddenly three goals having got one all season so if, if anyone did listen to me uh, apologies for the West Brom game but um, <laughs> you got your money's worth after um, so yeah I do it's, it's partly second guessing the selection but I, I, do, I do like Havertz actually I think, I think he's a good one um, again Pulisic if he plays gets gets points uh the, the only other Chelsea player that we haven't mentioned that I think give a good shout if it, if anyone's looking for a goalie at this stage of the season then I think Mendy is a is a brilliant goalkeeper and he might get tested a bit more in these games so his his bonus points so far this season were a nil-nil draw against Man United and a nil-nil draw against Leeds so if if Chelsea can keep um Man City out then Mendy might well be the one with the bonus points I just don't like the way with Arsenal and with Chelsea at the moment that those first team keepers are being kind of rested. You know, Leno getting dropped um, for Matt Ryan and, and Mendy getting dropped for Ariza Balaga here and there, especially after Champions League games and Europa League games. Yeah, but he's only missed two matches and it seems like the two he was rested for were Newcastle at home and Brighton at home. Like they they targeted... Uh, although Brighton are quite a decent team, actually, but they, they targeted two winnable-looking games. I imagine he'll be in for the... I'd, 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 I'd stake a bit of money on him playing at least the next three games. If it, When it gets to the week before the FA Cup final, they might want to give Ariza Balaga the last game. But I think he's a good pick for, the, for game week 35. OK. Um... I think the only one left is uh, the potential double game week for West Brom, Arsenal and Liverpool. Not that easy. Um, we can just move on maybe to game week 36 blanks, unless you guys want to go with a Diagne or Ainsley Maitland-Niles shout. Pereira. Pereira. That's the yeah. other one. I mean, tough fixtures. Yeah, I had per- I had Pereira at the start of the season. He got uh, ten points against Everton, but then uh, he kind of went off the boil a bit after that. Um, shall we have a look ahead to to the blank games, Matt? How are you set up for blank game week thirty six? Uh, I haven't looked it up yet. Uh, um, <laughs> he, he <admits. laughs> so you have. It could be a bit of a nasty surprise for you. Um, but yeah, so I've got two Man U, I've got 
one Chelsea, uh, one Leicester, uh, and one Arsenal. So it's not not too bad. And if it's and we... West Brom, then um, that have the blank. Then again, I don't have any of them. So so I, I hope I with just a transfer here and there, I could I could get an eleven out. Oh, that's not bad. And were you uh, saying, Duncan, that the uh, the man you get might suddenly have a fixture in in thirty eight? Yeah, Ben Crellin's sorry, Ben's Crellin's saying they might have that Liverpool at home fixture then. Mm-hmm. For me, I have um, even with Manu playing another game, I don't have any Manu players. I have uh, seven seven playing players, and I would have two transfers to use before the start of game week 36 the problem is it would be quite nice to use those transfers for game one of them at least for game week 35 and then the only people that are not playing are in my team for 36 are Saka whose value and I have zero in the bank holding so both of those, there's not a lot of money you can make off them. Rudiger, not a lot of money you can make off them. And then it's Iheanacho and Vardy. So, I mean, I don't want to get rid of Iheanacho and Vardy before their double game week, um, especially with Newcastle at home. And Ben, my rival, doesn't have Vardy. So I think I might be stuck with no transfers for a double game week just to save on a, on a blank. That feels like a bad strategy when you're chasing. What do you think? Well, do you want to take hits is the question mark this late on in the season? Well, I just, I watch Ben and he just drops these eight point hits every now and then. And it feels like every time he's done that this season, it comes off really well for him. He gets a green arrow and he puts a little animated gif on Twitter of a little man with flames <laughs> in the background saying, way, eight point head and a green arrow. Um, so maybe I should, maybe I should, I mean, roll the dice, why not? But. Yeah, I feel like doing what I've done all season, which is plan heavily ahead of time for the blank game weeks, making sure I have 11 players is the wrong strategy because actually what you need to do is probably just cover the key players for that blank game week, not worry about the fact that you're going to get Rob holding out for a a one-pointer, a yellow card or something like that, and go all in on the double game week, right? I think that's... Yeah, I I agree with that. I think... Nine or ten players sometimes is, is enough um, in, in a blank game week because others will also have a player or two missing. And, and if it's the fringe guys that you're trying to take hits on, um, you're probably going to lose points on a net basis, aren't you, of those minus fours? Yeah, hit for your captain or, or a key player. But apart from that, yeah, leave it at nine. How are you set up, Gary? Uh, not too badly. I, I've I've only got three players I think missing. So I've 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 currently got two Chelsea defenders, Rudiger and Aspiliqueta. So that's probably where I need to make a change. And I can probably keep Ianacho. Um, yeah, because at the moment I've got quite a strong bench. I think pretty much all my squad are playing. So um, so yeah, I, I I'm not too worried about the blank game week, um, particularly. I think at this stage of the season as well, everyone's chips have all gone. Like every, everyone's running on empty. We like the players. There's been too many games. It's all happened too fast. We've got no chips left. We're just we're just limping on to the end of the season. I think <laughs> that's that's going to be the title of the pod, isn't it? Limping on to the end. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
on that note, should we have a look at our, our listener league? Um, see yes. how people are getting on. So it's uh, so it's been a while since we've updated it. So I, th- I think we should give a little bit of credit to the two uh, Colossus Colossi, Colossi like <laughs> racing ahead. Uh, so we've got FPL Nordic, Morten Lingbo, and Stenhaug United, Darginger Stenhaug. Um, so Morton is on 2,266 points, um, and Darginger is on 2,260. They've, they've opened up like a 60-point cushion over, over Ben in third. Um, there's six points between them. They're both right on the edge of the top 1,000 in the world. Um, and they're both from Norway, I see, see clicking on their teams. So there's a real... Um, I, th- I think there's a point when the Premier League had loads of Norwegian players. There's obviously a a rich seam of uh, FPL talent in, in Norway as well. Um, so, so Morten Lingbo has got Gon Kane as captain, Ian Nacho, been hit by the Alexander-Arnold, Fernandez, Salah, triple, but but has got Veltman and Dina, two very good picks at the back, to kind of getting in the points. And Stenhaug United, again, a, a lean week this week, because um, there's five Manu and Liverpool players um, but all, and also went Kane as captain, and Dina is the only one really pulling in the point. So they they've not had a great week point wise, but it's not their fault. They can blame uh, Manchester United fans uh, <laughs> like Matt. Although I see actually at least at least Darginga Stenhaug is a Manchester United fan in the fan league. So maybe maybe he was writing on the pitch. I don't know. Um, so in in which case he's only got himself to blame. Um, in terms of game week points, um, so <laughs> it seems I was gonna I was gonna give a big shout out to to John because uh, he was the top point scorer with sixty three, um, John Ridge. Uh, so he's obviously um, uh, went to school with you, Duncan and Matt, didn't he? So he's been doing uh, he's been having a bit of a lean run, but it's gone up to sixty three. But sorry, I was just chuckling because I've refreshed the score and I see that um, Sons, uh, my wife's Sons. Phantom team, which had been limping along, is suddenly now the top point scorer for the week. I don't quite know how she's, she's managed this. She's got she's got Vestergaard who got a minus two, and Harvey Barnes on zero, who's been injured, and MacArthur who's been injured all season. No, but she she's got Son as captain, Ward Prowse, Webster, Chilwell, Calvert Lewin. Uh, so she's she's managed to get up to 60, 63 points with Chris Wood, of course, the, the legend that is Chris Wood still. Still maybe racking up a couple more goals today. It's only half time. Um, and John's team, how did he get the points? Oh, he had Gareth Bale, but um, frustratingly for John, he had Gareth Bale as vice captain and went with Kane as captain, which was probably a wise Ooh. move. But can, I give a, can I give a shout out to David Spear in Barcelona? I think probably the best four transfers I've ever seen in FPL with a minus 12 in fourth place in the league. Yeah, so, so talk us through the transfers. Uh, so uh, so I'm just looking at it, it's just blowing my mind. He got rid of Fernandez, Lingard, Madison and Forster, and he brought in Bale for a hat-trick, Havertz for a 12-pointer, Mendy for a clean sheet, and Pereira, who uh, only got the two points, I think. But, I mean, unbelievable. Minus 12, oh. 70 points, and... It goes up to fourth in our league. Incredible. You'd be so happy with that, wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, 
forget Ben's little emojis on Twitter. You'd, you'd want to put a poster in your window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it looks like it's just between uh, our two Norwegians at the top for the, uh, for the, for the race. But now let's see if a few more people can knock Ben out of, uh, out of third place. Because, yeah, David Spear and Barcelona have gone up from 10th to 4th off the back of uh, that great week. So he's only four points behind Ben. So uh, surely we can get Ben a few places lower down the top 10. I, my aim now, I feel that Ben's out of reach for me. My aim is I'm on, I'm in 11th place at the moment is to get into the top 10. That's like, that's like, it's better than the top 10 K in FPL top 10 in our league. I'd be very happy with that. What's yeah. your aim, aim for the season, Gary? Is it, is it to pulverize Matt into a pulp? In I, I'm still, I'm still aiming at you, Duncan. My, my, my. You're in my crosshairs. I, oh, I've no. only got 55 points to make. <laughs> I mean, I did, I did very briefly catch you and then spectacularly throw it away the next week. Um, I, I kind of had two incredible weeks and then two of the most abysmal weeks uh, in the history of FPL. So um, I, just I think keep at the right time. I think this this could work well because this is exactly what happened last season. I gave up on catching Ben above me and I tried to stop you catching me and that meant that I probably brought in more Maverick players to block you and thus cat, caught, Garrett, caught um, Ben. So, yeah, let's do it, Gary. Let's do it. So, yeah, we get James Ward-Prowse in ASAP. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Matt, I'm guessing you're, you're hoping to catch Gary, right? That, that is my hope. Um, yeah, I don't have a plan of how I'm going to do it, but I'm hoping, like Gary has done in previous years, he just self-destructs at some point. Which is <laughs> That's your plan. <laughs> my plan is plan. to hope that he not <laughs> just bring in those boring players and hope that he doesn't <laughs> grind it out i like it <laughs> thank you for your insight uh gary oh pleasure duncan thank you thank you for your insight matt thanks Dunk. <laughs>